Now, hi guys. You're going to have to switch and get used to an Irish accent for a little while, but don't worry. Um, it's a, such an honour and privilege for, for me to be here. Um, I had the challenge and blessing of being Brian's minister in Buckingham whenever he was youth pastor there. Um, I can honestly say I learned more than Brian did through that period of time. Uh, I learned what being streetwise was. Um, I learned what it was to break rules. <laughs> I learned what it was to come alongside um, a man who had incredible passion and love for God and uh, just releasing and encouraging him, you know, it, it was quite a journey. And I'm also encouraged that although I've been given 20 minutes, <laughs> everyone else who has spoken for two minutes have used at least six. So if I take my 20 and triple it, it would just be about right for what I've prepared. You think I'm joking? <laughs> right, you guys in Breton have been exploring discipleship. I've heard the podcast, and uh, that has been really challenging and encouraging. And I get the sense from just being here and being in prayer prior to coming that receiving a new pastor, you guys are all fired up and ready to go. A bit like an arrow and a drawn bow, just waiting to fly. I love these times. I love these times in my own life when, when it comes together. You know the A-team? I love it when a plan comes together. You got that sense among you that the plan has come together and you're all ready and raring to fly. And then life happens. And it does, doesn't it? That arrow goes, does it hit the bullseye? Does it miss the target? And it's all about what you've been learning. It's about each one of us being a disciple. Now, what does God say is the key characteristics of discipleship in Jesus? This is a bit of a rhetorical question. I'm not asking you to shout out. At some other time, I might quite ask you to shout out and tell me the answer. I want to read to you just a couple of texts of Scripture. And I'd like you to respond by all shouting at the end when I say so, what is the key, all right? God says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their community. The prophet says, what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly 
with your God. Philippians 2, talking about Jesus, tells us, let this mind be in you because he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death and the cross. And Jesus said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be Exalted. So after three, what's the word? One, two, three. Humble. Oh, you nearly. Come on! Humble. That's better. One, two, three. Humble. Humble. To humble oneself and to walk humbly with our God. James says, humble yourselves under God's hand. And he will lift you up. So in our Bible reading, Jesus is in the final stages of his journey to Jerusalem. It's in chapter 19. And if we go right back to chapter 9, 10 chapters before, we see there that Jesus had set his face towards Jerusalem, having told his disciples he had to go there and to be persecuted, and to die. He then sent out the 72 into all the villages, it says, and towns that he was going to visit on his way to Jerusalem. This journey must have taken him months. And there were challenges and opportunities and healings and rejections and and persecution all the way through. And then he comes to Jericho, and on his way into Jericho, crowds have gathered because it's the time when the pilgrims go up to Jerusalem. But as they approach Jericho with this great arrow in the bow, this tense excitement, anticipation, there's a blind man sitting at the side, shouting, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's telling him to shut up. This is too important. Jesus stops. And he heals the blind man. And they go into Jericho whooping and hollering and hooping and praising and so excited. And it seems from the passage that they're just going through Jericho. They're not stopping. And there's crowds there lining the streets. And there's crowds joining in. And becoming part of the procession that's going to take them up to Jerusalem for the Passover. And then Jesus stops in the middle of the street. And looks up and calls Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. And his life is transformed. Totally transformed. And as the crowds from Jericho join the the rest of the crowds and they head out, they're even more excited because they've all been promised a massive tax rebate. (laughs) So excited that this tax collector said, if I've taken anything of anybody, I will repay them. Wow. 
I wonder what it was like being in that crowd heading up towards Jerusalem. I reckon for most people, it was Passover pilgrimage extraordinary. Anticipation, passion, excitement. They were convinced that Jesus was the king. And this was the Passover where he was going to be revealed for who he was. I think for Jesus, he was meditatively, reflectively chatting with dad on the way. Well, father, this is it. What do you want me to do? What's the next thing? And I reckon he got a little message. When you get near Bethphage, I want you to send two disciples to get a coat of a donkey. Sorry, you probably have, you have to get used to that. It's donkey, all right? It's not donkey, like English people say. It's donkey, all right? So just, just get on board. So, Jesus, as they come close to Bethphage, turns to two of his disciples. Now, you can shout out at this point, how many disciples did Jesus have? Hundreds. He had hundreds of disciples. Yeah. It says after his resurrection, he met with 500 of them all at once. Many of the people that were there were disciples. Do you think Mary and Martha and Lazarus were disciples? Of course they were. Were all the disciples men? No, no, no. These guys were surrounded by disciples. Now what I find really interesting is when, when we're told that Jesus sent two people to prepare the Passover, Luke tells us their name. He says he sent Peter and John to prepare the Passover. But this time, we don't know their name. You see, I reckon these two disciples were not part of the 12. I've come to that conclusion. You can disagree with me, but see me after. And so he looks around and he says, hey, Fred, Bertha. I've got a little job for you to do. Now, when God, Jesus, the pastor, the church secretary, the treasurer, the property committee guy comes to you and says, hey, I've got a little job for you. What's the first thing you say? What? (laughs) I'm busy? Or? What is it? What is it? Don't sign me up for anything. I need to know what it is. So we go through all these, oh, well, I'm I'm just busy at the minute, can it wait? And so we have all these sayings, like, what did your last slave die of? (laughs) Why me? Why don't you ask one of the 12, the ones that are getting paid for it? 
Why me? Ask the pastor. Do it yourself. But you see, these responses are not discipleship. I'm not saying we should just do everything that anybody asks us, but we should be discerning and have a heart to serve. And so Fred and Bertha, they said, sure, Jesus, what do you want? They signed up first and they stepped into the place of service. And he says, I want you to go over to that village over there, Bethany, and as you go into the village, you'll see a coat tied there. Who knows what a coat is? It's a, it's a kind of a donkey. What kind of a donkey? Sorry? It's, it's a young donkey, but then a foal is a young donkey. Well, it's, it is, but it's, it's a male. It's a, a colt is a male young donkey. Fold is male or female, a colt. So this was a very specific instruction. You have to go into this village. You'll see a, a colt of a donkey tied up. I want you to go over, untie it, and bring it back to me. Whenever I was thinking about this, I was imagining the two disciples were Brian and I. <laughs> you see, if Brian got an instruction like that, he'd say, yes, it'd be off. I'd be saying, yes, but what if when we get in there, there's two coats? <laughs> <laughs> and what if we get in there and there's none? And then I'd be saying, my conscience, very intense and very prickly. Do you mean to say we've just to go up and untie this coat and walk away with it? I could just see pictures of myself in the stocks for theft. <laughs> and all these anxious things that came up in my kind of introvert personality. And Brian said, come on, Hooksy, forget about it. Get up. <laughs> You know, Jesus very often does that, doesn't he? He puts opposites together so that we can grow and learn from each other. And it's so difficult to hear God's word from your opposite. And yet, so often... That's exactly who God gives his word to for you. So these two guys, they come up and they go into Bethany. As soon as they walk into Bethphage, they see the colt tied to this house. And there's Brian striding right up to it. And here's me. Is there anybody looking do you think we should knock at the door and just ask, does this belong to someone? And 
as we're untying the coat, the owners of the coat come out. Bran would be standing, hello mate. I'd be saying, oh, here we go. And we just say exactly what Jesus asked us to say. The Lord needs them. You see, I believe as Jesus was walking up the road and meditating that these people had had maybe a dream or a, a sense that someone was going to need their coat. God prepares the way. Yeah. God prepares the way. These guys untie the, the coat and bring it, and I reckon they arrived just as Jesus reached the top of the Mount of Offs. But on the journey, the excitement that they're experiencing in being just a little part of this miracle. And I reckon also that as they got there, that scripture came into their hearts and minds from Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming to you. Righteous, victorious, humble, and riding on a coat, the foal of a donkey. And by the time they reached Jesus, they were spiritually on fire. They were so thrilled and so excited. It says they ripped their cloaks off and put it on the coat. And then it says, read it for yourself, it says, they put Jesus on it. Let your imagination run wild. <laughs> they put Jesus, it doesn't say Jesus got on it. They put him on it. Now the coat is just a young... He must have looked stupid. So ridiculous. Did he ride side saddle with his knees up in the air? Or was, it, was his feet dragging on the floor? Is he... Crazy. But they sensed that they were in the middle of the unfolding of God's purpose for his people. And then their passionate excitement started to spread around the others. And they started to rip off their coat and throw it down on the floor in front of the donkey. And they started to worship and praise and get so thrilled and excited at what was going on. God says to every one of us, and particularly the folks of this church and fellowship, you don't have to have a title, a named ministry, because every one of us are called to be disciples. And for every passionate servant of God, 
you need an army of servant-hearted volunteers. Is that right? And the scripture tells us that church only works well and properly and as God intended it to when every part of the body is fulfilling their role. I want to finish, honestly. Nearly there. What about the donkey? You know, the Bible has got a situation where donkeys talk. Not right? So if God happened to give this donkey the the ability to speak, what what would he be saying? Oi! He's too big! He's too big! I've not been broken in. I've never done it before. Or maybe I'm too young. My age... Some of us might be saying, I'm too old. Done my bit, got the t-shirt. But every member of God's church is called to have that servant heart and never to let the passion reign. Hold on to it. And how do you do it? How do you maintain that? from minister to minister, from age to age, through the dips and troughs and ups and downs of life and and journey. One simple thing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the beginning and the end of your journey of faith. And every time your heart grows heavy and you feel, I've had it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's so beautiful. He's so precious. He's our everything. God bless you.